taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. To the city point, giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. To the city point, giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. To the city point. Give him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. Yo, what up, everybody? I am excited to continue this sermon series entitled A Cash Only Christmas. It has been uh, a blessing to uh, to be in this series. We kicked it off last Sunday. Um, shout out to everybody that was in person, that was able to be in person last week. Also, those of you that um, joined us via stream to check out our um, first installment of this series. I hope that it was a blessing to you. Um, for those of you that have known me for any period of time, uh, know that this is a topic of discussion that I am extremely passionate about. Um, this, um, this area of personal finance is something that Carla and I have, um, have really poured a lot of our own lives into. Um, both uh, making changes within our own lives as well as um, helping provide others with the tools to provide changes in their lives. And so um, I feel like I'm always in my bag when I'm on this topic. And so today I want to push it forward. Uh, I want us to look at uh, a passage from Proverbs. Um, let's jump into a word of prayer and then we will uh, jump into this scripture from Proverbs and dive into the word. Lord, we thank you for giving us this chance to come together uh, to preach your word. I thank you for giving me the chance to preach your word. I thank you for giving us the chance to hear your word and be witnesses to it. I pray, God, that you will open up our hearts and our minds to receive what you have to say to us. Uh, give us fresh insight. Uh, give us an open heart and an open mind. Um, I, I pray, God, that you will remove any shame that may be present. And I pray that you will give us just a, a spirit of empowerment uh, to believe that we can make changes in our habits and in the ways that we deal with our money. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. All right. Uh, let's jump into uh, let's jump into this thing. Uh, so I'm going to be looking at uh, I'm going to be looking at Proverbs, uh, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 20. Um, hear ye, hear ye the word of the Lord. It says the wise person saves for the future, but the foolish person spends whatever they get. Once again, the wise person saves for the future, but the foolish person spends whatever they get. I want to begin the sermon by just providing a caveat or a disclaimer before we really get into this. And, and I want to say this. Um, I, I do not, and certainly this scripture does not set out to uh, shame uh, with the purpose of shaming anybody for their economic circumstance or situation, right? Like this, this isn't meant to cast shame on people whose monthly margins are simply slim, right? And we recognize that this can happen for a myriad of factors, whether it is race, it is gender expression, age, um, inflation, cost of living, um, what city you put, you happen to live in, family background, education, all those things can impact one's ability to thrive and uh, can impact the reality of one having more, um, more month than money or more money than month, 
right? And so this sermon and this passage is not meant to shame anybody whose reality is that. It is also not to cast a spotlight on anybody whose reality is that. Um, the goal of this sermon and likewise the scripture, uh, the goal of it is for us to just push some wise thinking as it regards to our personal finances, particularly in this area of saving and spending and planning. And so for those who have more money than month, um, but it is by our own habits, our own stewardship, our own um, engagement with our finances that causes us to practice habits that we have just been in the habits of doing for a long time, cause us to do things that um, cause us to spend up to the margins, in some cases beyond the margins. This sermon, this passage of scripture is meant to challenge us. And I want to push you to honestly consider what category you're in, because some of us might think that we're in, we may have convinced ourselves that we're in the, the, the former category. And in reality, we're in the latter category. We are, I was going to say God has blessed us, but I want to be careful with language like that because for folks that um, that have more money than they need. It is not simply because you have that because God has blessed you because that is to suggest perhaps that those that don't have it are not blessed by God. And so I want to be careful with that language. But to say that those individuals who have means, uh, I just want to push people um, to just acknowledge that and, and be honest about where you are, even if that particularly high income has not resulted in high savings, has not res resulted in high wealth, um, has not even resulted in, in having savings in some cases. I think the first step is to just be honest about what category we're in. And for some of us, in reality, we have all the resources that we need. It's just that we're not managing it um, the best way. And, and I can absolutely identify with that from a time perspective. I, you guys have heard me say this with regard to school, um, back when I was in school, I was just complaining about like, there isn't enough time, there isn't enough time. And in reality, I wasn't managing the time that I had well. And when I got better about budgeting my time, I all of a sudden realized that, you know, my life didn't become significantly less stressful, but at least I was able to get all the things done that I needed to get done because I was being thoughtful and mindful about the time that I had and, and, and being mindful about how I used it. Now, let me say this. For some of us, when it comes to our finances, our goal in life has been to not have to think about money. And let me caution you with that regarding that ideology. Some of us grew up with a struggle or grew up seeing parents struggle and always worried about, concerned about talking about money. And so our vision of what a uh, financially stable future looked like was a future where we didn't have to think about or worry about money. Let me say to you that I understand that, I get that, I have been in that place, but let me caution you that if you are going to be a good steward, a good manager of your money, there will never come a day when you will absolutely not have to think about money. The only people who have the privilege of not thinking about money are the people who have somebody that is on their payroll who thinks about money for them or the people that are blowing through it 
and one day they're going to look up and wish they had have been thinking about money. Um, none of us are earning infinite amounts of money where we just don't have to think about it. It is it is not uh, tap water, and that's not even infinite, where you just turn on the spigot and it always flows. There's a finite amount that you have, and you will have to budget for the rest of your life. Um, now, that it might be a ball-out budget, but budget nonetheless, giving your money boundaries to swim in. Um, you can't buy a Bugatti on Monday and a um, Ferrari on Tuesday and a Rolls Royce on Wednesday. I don't care how wealthy you are. If you use those practices, right, spending money at that pace and at that rate, eventually it runs out. It will run out. It will move from um, going out too much um, to have dinner and drinks so when you get money on a bigger scale, it is taking too many lavish vacations or buying too many companies that don't, don't turn a profit. You got a budget is what I'm saying. So, so with that caveat in mind, I, I do want to just jump into, into, this, um, into this sermon. And I, I again, want to be pushing us um, to think wisely and not foolishly about our money, particularly as we go into this Christmas season because there is a billion dollar industry that is all about separating you from your money based on your consumeristic emotion. So I want to push us there. Once again, the passage in verse 20 says the wise person saves for the future, but the foolish, per foolish person spends whatever they get. By way of context, we are looking at the Proverbs and I will say um, multiple times throughout um, these last two quarters, you have heard me preaching from what I've referred to and what is referred to by scholars as wisdom literature. Now, the wisdom literature is a bit different from uh, some of the other things or genres of scripture that we read throughout the Bible. The wisdom literature has a primary purpose, and it is not to communicate history. It is uh, not to communicate um uh, commands necessarily, although sometimes you might find some in there. It, it is meant to communicate to us almost from the sense, from the standpoint of, I think the stories that many of us would have grown up uh, reading in elementary school, right? Fable types of stories. And I want to be careful with that because I'm not saying that the Bible is a fable, but in the way that those stories had a moral to the story, a big idea that you were supposed to get from it or draw out from it. In the same way, wisdom literature is meant to give us wisdom, wise morals to the story that we are to draw out of it. So for instance, Job is wisdom literature. So when we read Job, we may or may not be reading an actual, an actually historical incident where like one after another, like all these things happen but it is meant to communicate some wisdom to us regarding suffering and why suffering happens and the reality that suffering doesn't necessarily come in our lives because we have done anything wrong. When we read the Psalms, we're also reading wisdom literature. When we're reading Proverbs, we're reading wisdom literature. Song of Solomon, we're reading wisdom literature. So here we are in Proverbs, and if you have read through Proverbs, it can feel like you are, um, you have raided a, um, a restaurant and stolen all of the fortune cookies, 
and you are binge eating fortune cookies and one by one taking out the fortunes inside of them and reading them. If you were to lay all those fortunes out on the table, like that is essentially like reading um, um, a chapter from Proverbs. It can be all over the place. It's a bunch of wise stuff and, and, and oftentimes it can feel disjointed, but the author, it feels like, is going somewhere in a whole and in totality. We also have to keep in mind that chapters were later um, inventions um, in originally how these um, sacred texts were written. They were not written with chapter divisions. These are things that were later on put in. So <clears throat> long way of saying the Proverbs is wisdom literature and what you are reading is meant to give us wise guidance on how a wise person would structure their lives. And so what we'll find in this chapter as well as the next chapter is this theme that comes up a few times regarding stewardship over the finances that we have. Um, in the next chapter, I believe it is, is the passage that we dealt with last week, the rich rule over the poor, the borrower a servant to the lender. This is another passage that is about like financial stewardship and how one handles money. And so, again, it is wisdom that is meant to guide us on our journey. And so when we're looking at this wisdom, there are several things that I see that we can pull out that I would hope and pray that you would think about as you are navigating your Christmas spending season. My prayer is that you will have a cash only Christmas. No debt, just cash. The first thing that we see in this passage is a word about the wisdom of pre-planning. Looking at the passage one more time, it says the wise person saves for the future, but the foolish person spends whatever they get. Once again, the wise person saves for the future, but the foolish person spends whatever they get. Again, there's a word about the wisdom of pre-planning. Uh, what the Proverbs writer is getting at here. It is when it comes to stewardship over our money, it is absolutely wise for us to save for the future, uh, that we are not consuming all the way up to the margins because we have it, because we are uh, experiencing perhaps good times right now. For some people, they do it for a couple of reasons. For, for some people, one of the reasons they do it is because they have experienced hard times and hard times put them in a mind frame of when things get better. I'm going to do these things with my money. And so now they are in those things have gotten better times. And, and in turn, they want to do a lot of things with their money. Um, and they want to do it without regard to thinking about the future because they predict that the future is not going to be as bright. So they want to enjoy it while they can enjoy it. That is a mindset of some people. The passage here says that that is an unwise uh, position to take with regard to your financial resources, that wisdom never spins up to the margins if one can help it. Again, the caveat is I recognize that, that for some people, it is by necessity that we have to spend up to the margin. But for others, it is not a necessity. It is simply habitual when we made a little bit of money, we spent up to the margins. When we got a raise, we spent up to the margins. When we got a raise on top of a raise on top of a raise and we were 10 years into our career, we spent up to the margins. And now you've got raises on top of raises on top of raises and you are in a, 
in a in a in a good decent place within your career there is great distance between what you used to make when you started out as an early professional and what you make today but lo and behold it seems to only be just enough the reality is the problem is not your money the problem is not that they are not paying you enough at work in some cases some of us are underpaid or I should say some of you are underpaid, us, you, whatever. I just want to make sure nobody thinks I'm um, giving subtext here. Um, the reality is for some people, it is not that there isn't enough money. It is that I'm just not stewarding the money that I receive properly. And so that is what the passage pushes us on here. This wisdom in pre-planning. Let's talk about this pre-planning for a second. Pre-planning acknowledges that tomorrow does not have to be as sunny as today. Uh, many of us uh, follow uh, the news, specifically financial news, and have heard the chatter regarding a potential, in some cases, some people are saying a very likely recession in 2023. The question that I have for you today is how are you pre-planning? Are you setting some aside? This year, last year, 2020 even, for a lot of people, were fantastic years. Um, a part of inflation is wage increase, and some of us have experienced wage increase. Are you saving for a future? Uh, so that if, by chance, 2023, 2024 are not strong years, if by chance they are layoff years, if by chance they, they, they are furlough kind of years, whatever happens to be the case, you're prepared for it. The word says that that is what a wise person does. That is what a wise person does. Let me, let me push on a little bit further. The second thing uh, that we see in the text is not only a word about the wisdom of pre-planning, but let me share with you secondly, a word about the wisdom of being prudent in the present. Once again, the text says the wise person saves for the future, but the foolish person spends <clears throat> whatever they get. There is embedded in here or implied in this text, this expectation that one will be prudent in the present um, in order to save for the future. In order to not spend all that you have, there has to be some prudence that is um being exercised in the present. That is the main purpose of this uh, Cash Only Christmas series is to push us to be prudent in the present. Before they get you all caught up emotionally, um, before you get to feeling like your gifts are inadequate, before you get to feeling like you got to go all out and spend all of your money, there is a push for you to be prudent in the present. And that is effectively why I've talked about cash only Christmas, because cash will rein us in, will put us in check as it relates to our spending. Um, when it's just on the credit card and we are just swiping, it can often get tempting. And in some cases, we even lose track of what we have spent. We just know that we keep swiping and it keeps getting approved. And then we deal with the hangover in January. And then in turn, we use our tax refund to help pay off some of what we spent while we were spending drunkenly. The word pushes us to pull ourselves back from that, uh, to not allow ourselves to 
dive into that practice, to delve into that practice, but to be prudent in the present with how we spend our money. That is what a wise person does. Let, let me push you on why it is important to be wise in this way. We've been talking a whole lot about cooperative economics. I want us to think about it both in terms of cooperative economics within City Point. I want us to think about it in a broader sense, like within our community. And then I also want us to think about it with regard to like just us and how we might be able to um, effectively support some of the things that we care about. We've been pooling resources together and the way that we've been able to do it is because there are some people that haven't been spending up to the margins and they have been tithing. They have been giving above and beyond to the community fund and it's made real impact, right? Somebody owns a home because of because of you, because you did that. You made that sacrifice. Um, somebody's business has benefited because of what you did. Um, we're about to help our custodian uh, purchase a vehicle because he needs a vehicle in order to, one, do his work at City Point, but to also be able to, to make additional money for himself outside. The, the way that we're going to be able to do that and, and the reason why that was just an easy phone call between a, a, me and a couple people and to say, all right, let's figure out how to do this You'll call so-and-so, see if they can put in some money. Me and Carla will put in some money. You'll put in some money. Somebody else will put in some money. And then City Point will put in a few thousand from the community fund. And we'll get this done because it, it, it needs to be done. And the reason that we're able to do that is because many of you have been prudent in the present with your spending and you're not spending up to the margins. But let's go further with that. For some of you, you want to be able to invest in, in smaller businesses. You want to be able to invest in the people around you. You want to be able to invest in your community. But the thing, the thing that will allow us to do that is if we are prudent in the present with our money. Um, money is power. Money helps us to buy freedom. And I want to push us to rethink spending up to the margins. Uh, let me push this thing along and close the sermon out and talk uh, thirdly and finally that the text speaks about the folly of overspending. Once again, it says the wise person saves for the future, but the foolish person spends whatever they get. Uh, here in this part of the text, it, it is pretty simple. The foolish person spends whatever they get. This is the behavior that I am and we are during the course of this series trying to pull us away from. Let's not spend all of it. Y'all have heard me talk about this in the past. Use this sunflower seed illustration. Um, um, there are some people that deal with their money like sunflower seeds, right? The kind that you get in a pack from the grocery store or from the corner store that used to cost a dime. I don't know what they cost right now, probably like a dollar. But you get them, you crack them, you eat them, and that's it. That I put in contrast with seeds that you plant in the ground that render you a harvest. Not an immediate one, but a future one. But if you function like a sunflower seed financial steward, wasting the resources that God allows to come through your hands, 
That's a foolish thing to do. Let's just be honest. That's a foolish thing to do. Because you have neglected the opportunity to save for an uncertain future. Man, there might be storm clouds on the horizon. Have yourself something put up. You owe yourself that for all of the hard work that you do day in and day out. You can't get those days and months and years of labor back. Those days, years, and months of labor are gone. And you got to have more than a good time to show for it. You got to. And so wisdom says, I am not overspending. I'm not spending up to the margins, but I'm going to put some of this aside to account for the work, the labor that I have put forth. Yeah. The foolish person spends whatever they get. Let me close by saying this. Uh, this Christmas season is the success of some companies is going to be contingent on whether or not people have discipline. While I want American businesses to succeed more than American businesses succeeding, I want you to succeed. Like John said in the passage I read last week, above all things, I want you to prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. In other words, he says, I want things to go well with you 360 degrees in your life in the same way that your soul, things are going well with your soul. And so more than the bottom line of businesses, I care about the bottom line of your life, of your financial stewardship, that when it's all said and done, you're not spending up to the margins and you've got some left to deal with storms that may come, to invest in things that are important for you, and then the last thing that I didn't even talk about when, when we think about kind of stewarding this money is leveraging our money as a power tool, a resource to help us build wealth, right? On, on the other side of, of us accumulating debt so that we have to spend extra money, right? Interest to pay for the money or the, the, the items that we received in the past. On the other side of that, is investment, which which is which is the, the the inverse of that. It is leveraging yesterday's money to accumulate new money so that tomorrow it grows into more money. That 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 is what you should have as a result of your hard work, as a result of what you're earning. It is sowing your seeds because you're not spending up to the margin, sowing those extra seeds so that you can invest, so that you can have money for the future where your money's making money. Where we get up in the morning and we go to work and make money, but our money that we've already made get ups and go, gets up and goes to work and it makes some money for us. Yeah. So let me just close just praying for us because I don't want to leave us in a moment of despair. Guys, you, you can do this. Um, I used to be so horrible with money. Uh, real talk, real talk, just horrible with money and, and an over consumer. And, um, and I, I'm, I'm thankful for some epiphanies and some life changes that, that helped set uh, Carl and I on the right path. And life has been so much better because of that. 
not just better financially, but better in terms of peace. And that, that's what I want for all of us is, is that peace. And, um, and for many of you, you represent the best of your generation, um, the best of your family. Um, so many hopes and prospects uh, rest on you. Let's, let's do well with the, with the resources that we have. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for my sibling, my brother, my sister that is listening. I pray that nobody has fallen into despair or hopelessness. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will bless us. You will help us to steward the resources that we have. And I pray that you will especially bless those that are dealing with more month than money right now. And while they wish they could, they just do not have the ability to say no to debt or they don't have the ability to not spend everything that they get. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will turn their situation around. I pray that you will provide an abundance, a surplus in the name of Jesus. I pray that you will open up opportunities for those that are under the sound of my voice, God, where we will be able to do work that excites us, work that is meaningful and work that compensates us in a way that we are able to um, to enjoy all the things in life we would like to enjoy and still be able to have uh, money to save and to invest. I pray, God, for discipline, for discipline to break what are in some cases generational strongholds that are keeping us in financial bondage. In the name of Jesus, I pray for this. Amen. Amen.